Welcome to Work-Life Changes and Remote Work in Organizations, a special and time-bound series of conversations. Now, these conversations were recorded to create material for the 21st Century Work-Life Podcast's 300th episode, and that was published on the 5th of May, 2022. The conversations reflected on what had happened over the last three years in how remote work has been adopted, And they were so rich in content that I wanted to share them with you. They cover how our guests see remote work in organizations evolving, how they have changed their ways of working over the last three years, how work relates to the rest of their lives even. And in the last section, guests suggest content for future episodes of the 21st Century Work Life podcast, giving us some insight into what is going on in people's minds, what they want to learn about and hear about next. I'll introduce this episode's guest in a moment, but before that, if we haven't met before, my name is Pilar Orti, and you can find out everything about Virtual Not Distant, the company behind this show, over at virtualnotdistant.com. Enjoy. Listeners, for today's episode, I would like to introduce you to Tim Burgess, who is the co-founder of Shield Geo although he no longer works there. You can find him on Twitter as at Planet Burgess. So here's the first question for Tim. And you are the co-founder of Shield GEO. Fantastic. All right. So let's let's just... Uh, so, so can I ask you what you're doing now? Uh, so I'm mostly taking a break. I've joined the board of two nonprofits uh, here in Sydney and... One of which, um, a friend of mine is a COO and she, they had a spot on their board and she asked me if I'd be interested. And then the other one, uh, is one that I found. Uh, so it's, you know, exploring a, a new area for me, which is, which has been very interesting. Well, I'm going to ask you, even though we're still uh, in, in pandemic times, uh, do you meet with these people in person or remotely? Cause you've been working remotely for so long. <laughs> yeah. It's funny actually, uh, Generally remotely, but um, for the one of the boards, uh, they're, they're based in Sydney, in, in the inner c- city area, uh, and, and it's sort of a geographically delivered service. Uh, and so, so I went along to meet them in person because I thought, you know, first time I was meeting them, I, I could make it and I would. And as it turns out, one of the, of the four people that joined, one of those people had gotten covid about two hours before the oh. meeting, so I was like, "Oh, maybe I should just stick to the remote." <laughs> stick to the remote. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but it was one of those hybrid meetings where there was a guy from New Zealand who was on an iPad. You know, we put an iPad on the table, and he was there, and then someone else was rem- was there remotely. Uh, it actually worked remarkably well. No, so you did a hybrid, but you were in the in the in the co- in the space that had most people physically connected. <laughs> yeah, so maybe when I think that it worked well, it was because it's better for the people who are in the room. Good, thank you. Well, that is something that's changed uh, for you. Let me ask you. I've got some questions there in order. Let me ask you the first question. So, thinking about the last, I don't know, we've released. 100 episodes since June 2019. So I'm trying wow. to keep it to <laughs> to that time frame. So from 2019 to 2022, what do you think is going to stay the same in remote work amongst knowledge workers for the next three years? I think uh, there will continue to be a struggle around some of those same core themes, collaboration, 
overload and burnout, and especially I think around communication. I think some of it has been about adopting and adapting to remote work. But I think also some of these are just fundamentally challenging parts of, of working, of, of being in an organization, how communication tools are used, uh, how they're used well, and how we join together in the ways that we do. I, I think this new era of remote and quite a lot of hybrid is going to bring novel challenges and, and it will be a, it'll be a long process to sort of adapt to it, I think. And what do you think might help? Uh, time, obviously, is one <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, the thing that I keep coming back to, I think you see this as well, it is intentionality. I feel like a lot of what happens at work is reactionary or it's almost sort of mindless isn't the right word. It's not necessarily done with intention always being at the heart of it. We don't bring slack in to an organization always in order to because there's a specific communications outcome we're trying to to get you know sometimes people bring it in because they're sick of the other thing or you know they got a good deal on it or someone was really advocating for it and i think that if there's more intentionality around what are you trying to do and why do you think why do you think this might help with it it leads us to better places and the two go hand in hand that time and intentionality I feel like the way that we are used to working is, is is quite rushed. We bring in solutions that we think are going to help us now. We <laughs> we don't have time to think about stuff. We uh, generate organic ways of working together, whether remote or in person. And sometimes we just let them take over because it suits us at that moment. But we then don't we don't stop to think if it might help in the future. But for that, we need time for all of this. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you've said it perfectly. And it's almost like I think the intention, intentionality aspect is, is like the touchstone. If you think of it as an arc, there, there are all of these moments when it could go more towards where you want it to go or less towards. And if you're not mindful at those times, if you don't have that sort of the intention as a, as a guide to, to keep pointing you in that direction, then then it can dissolve in all sorts of other areas or, you know, in, in other directions. And, and that's what I think we see a lot of the time that, you know, you start in one place, you end up in a different place and people are like, I don't really know why we do this or how it got to this point. You've been working in a distributed way for, for quite a long time. Do you, can you tell us how long you've been working? <laughs> I've been in distributed organizations or distributed teams Oh, gosh, I, I don't know, 12, 13 years. Uh, but in that time, you know, I've worked in an office, where, but I was in a small team in a larger group who were distributed. I've worked from home by myself uh, and, and variations through that. Uh, the last, you know, since COVID, the, the pandemic started, I've been entirely from home and, uh, and enjoyed it a lot more than I initially thought I would. For a long time, I worked from an office just because I, uh, I found it lonely at home and I, it, my motivation and productivity suffered. Um, I had a bad experience with that. And so I was trying to prevent that from happening again. And, you know, it turns out different circumstances, I, I didn't fall back into that trap. Hmm. And it's interesting talking to you in one of the episodes, you were saying that, oh, 
or, or maybe it was a private conversation. I don't know that. And, and some of what you've just said now that when you before the pandemic, when you used to work at home, it didn't work for you. But loads of stuff changed during the pandemic. You actually quite started to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Age, you know, and, and life circumstances changed a bit. Uh, my working habits got better. And what I found, particularly in this sort of second stint of it, was I had a lot more interaction inbuilt into my day-to-day work, you know, sort of forced socialization, I guess you could call it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's forced because it was pleasurable, yeah. uh, but it was, it, was an, it was an integral part of my, of my work. I didn't really have to reach to get it. And that made a massive difference to me. So something that I'm thinking is that the level, knowing the level of interaction that we need to make our work, call it fun, pleasurable, uh, exciting, motivational, whatever, seems to be really key. For me, definitely, yeah. And I think I think for for most people, that's one of the big fears that people have. I think around shifting circumstances is. You know, people talk about it as collaboration or as FaceTime or, you know, visibility or as uh, friendship. So really they're human connections. Like you say, the, the level that you want to get, if you're worried that, you, that it's going to be, to, to be at risk, then, you know, it can bring a lot of anxiety, I think. I'm thinking that I need so little interaction that if I'm getting too much, it stresses me out. <laughs> Um, and I'm, 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 I've become more aware of that recently, I think, because the level of interaction has varied and has sometimes been out of my control. And I've noticed that actually, that one of the reasons why I like working in remote teams is that the level of interaction can be quite low. Um, so that's interesting. Oh, it's, yeah, it is. And actually, you know, I used to get laughed at in, in the <laughs> office when I would describe myself as an introvert. People would be like, uh, you know, I'd say oh, I'm, I'm I'm an introvert, and they they'd laugh at me because you know uh, I guess I I like talking to people, and uh, and once you start me talking, I have trouble stopping. <laughs> um, but for example, I really don't like crowds, uh, and if you put me in one of those situations, like a a conference where I don't know anybody, and I'm at the uh, you know at the at the break when everyone's standing around chatting and having coffee, for me that's like a nightmare. A nightmare. I'm, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. <laughs> I think that's one of the benefits of having some choice in how your remote work is is structured. You know, a lot of my interactions were sort of one-on-one or in small groups, and that's something that I really enjoy. I really th- feel like I thrive in that in that environment. Looking at, I mean, everything that's happened, apart from the fact that you've changed location and you've been made more aware of how location affects you, how has the way which you work changed over the last three years? If it, if it, well, I've already started to hear some of it, but how, apart from location, how has it changed over the last three years? I mean, so much has changed within the nature of the work that I was doing. You know, I, I went from being a manager of individuals to a manager of managers. Uh, and that's a big shift. Uh, and I think the way that I tried to lead became a lot different, uh, better for me, uh, I think. Uh, and also things like I gradually created boundaries with Slack and email, which made my work much more sustainable. And also I, I spent a lot of time playing around with different communication mediums, video messages, presentations, workshops and, and group discussions and, and those sort of things. Uh 
which was really pleasurable and made work a lot more interesting, particularly as a as someone at the head of an organization. You know, I was a co-founder along with Duncan. There's lots of opportunities to communicate with people uh, in different fashions and, and to different outcomes. And playing around with that was just a joy for me. And is that part of, you just said that you... Um you were looking at how to become a better leader. Has this playing with lots of different modes of communication helped you with that? I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like to think so. Uh, <laughs> I think it's made me a better human being, to be honest, because there's the, the nuance around not just, you know, if, if you know that you have to deliver a message and you're only allowed to do it on this PowerPoint deck that's already got all of these like stock images in it or, you know, and you have to use these particular type of bullet points and blah, blah, blah. Like it's very sterile and there's not much opportunity for expression. There's not much opportunity for you to bring yourself into the work. Whereas once you start to remove those barriers and play with it, then I think there are lots of opportunities to bring yourself more into the work and, and it's more engaging you know within reason the more of the more that you can feel like yourself while you're doing your job the better it goes for you and for the people that you interact with i really hope this is something that others are going to also explore because I had a conversation uh, the other day with someone who was asking, we were looking at uh, developing a program for training managers. And one of the things they were saying was in a hybrid workplace, we might start to give, how do we allocate work? We might want to allocate work to the people who we see. We we might um, uh. treat more favorably the people we see, blah, blah, all of that stuff that we are getting used to hearing. And I mentioned the fact, yeah, I think what's missing, because they were talking a lot about hybrid meetings, I think what's missing from, from all of that is the fact that if we learn how to use technology in a different way, we can adapt our leadership practice. And then later in the conversation, basically what I realized is that all this person had he heard were apps tech. So yeah, we can also introduce them to some new apps, this and that. And I thought, oh no, it's not about removing the technology from your from your leadership practice. Your leadership practice as a remote manager, a remote leader, is has to incorporate technology. So I think what you've said is such a great. I, I'm going to steal that <laughs> when I talk to people and say it does because you've got to find. And, and now I'm generalizing. You've got to find where you connect best through technology with your people and, and then be able to adapt. And different situations, of course, require different things. So, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's Technology is the last thing. It's the last step in that, in that whole process. You know, the first part, I, I think, with the benefit of experience and, mm -hmm. and also with the privilege of being in the very fortunate position of being able to make those decisions for myself, you know, it wasn't like I had to fight anybody or advocate for it or, or battle anything in order to, in order to do what I wanted to do. But I found, you know, if I think about who's the audience, what am I trying to say? How do I want them to feel? How do I want to feel while I'm saying this? How do I want them to receive the message? Where do I think they might be? And, and where might I want them to, you know, do I want them to receive it when they're sitting at the computer or when they're walking their dog or, uh, or in all of those different ways, 
you know, once you start to flesh all of that out, then the you know, there's so many different communication mediums and, and tools and so on. Like, it's pretty easy at the end once you know what you actually want to do. How has your view of what work is and the role it plays in your life, has it changed at all over the last three years? Yes, yeah, it has. Uh, and I think looking back, uh, you know, and this is a very human characteristic, I think, you know, we look back and we, and we make sense of what happened and it seems to be a narrative You know, it seems to have been, oh, it's all a story. And yes, of course this happened then because that's where I learned this thing that then became really important. It, you know, if I went back three years and looked forward, it just looks like, like a fog. Uh, but uh, for me, work became an opportunity to grow as a person. Uh, companies became a way to build a collective of people that were bonded together in a way that was greater than its individual parts. And especially leadership was uh, a way for me to, to become a better human being, I, I hope. It certainly uh, was my intention because you need to be able to collaborate with different types of people. You have to have different styles of, of approaching people and, and addressing them. And You also have to be able to address both your strengths and your weaknesses and the shadows of those strengths. You know, every quality we have that we're really good at also have some some downsides to it or, or some things that are, are not so helpful to us. So I found that a very, very rewarding process. And, and that changed a lot for me as I sort of adopted that perspective, which is not something that was in any way unique to me. I, I, been reading and uh, listening to all sorts of people to, to come to that sort of place. And what about then the role of remote work in general? And because you've, you've thought uh, like, like a lot of the remote community, but you've thought a lot about uh, how remote work can, can help certain sectors in society, um, how, how it can uh, make the world a better place, the world of work, etc. What's your thinking around that at the moment? What is the place, do you think, of remote work in trying to make the world a better place? That, that's interesting in that I don't think it's changed. That I don't think has changed that much. Uh, I remember having a conversation with, uh, with Jennifer Kim years back, maybe three or four years ago, and, uh, and we were talking about remote, which was still a bit of an oddity back then. And, and we talked about how flexibility was the thing that people really wanted. You know, remote was just one aspect of it. Where you work, when you work, how you work are all subsets of people's overarching desire for flexibility. And I think even if you take a step back from that, it's this idea that we want to have some cognitive consistency between who we are and our work and even who we perceive ourselves to be as people and who we perceive ourselves to be at work. So I think remote is a, and, and particularly the, the, the massive uh, shift that happened with the pandemic where this change was forced on a lot of people has been a wonderful opportunity to revisit, you know, almost like a reset where people were, were forced into a situation where they, where they got to re-examine what am I do? What am I doing here, and why am I doing it in this way? And and 
am I happy with this? Is this what I want? And now I've tried something that's quite different. You know, if you think about people just before the pandemic to people six months after the pandemic, obviously massive, a lot of other stuff going on Mm. um, and, and a lot of other factors playing into it, but their experience of work was dramatically different just over that over that period and i've also heard um even um industries where it's not location depend independent actually like a lot of people working in hospitality also uh have reassessed whether that's what they want to do or have gone off to look for other jobs and stuff like that and i think that remote in that was just a small Again, another small bit of context, but it was the most visible. But I think you're you're right that there's been a lot of uh, trying to understand. And I wonder as well, you're making me think, Tim, whether it's not just flexibility, but some sense of autonomy as well. So I think yeah. I'm beginning to think that we might be using flexibility when what we want is autonomy or to have a say in uh, in how we work when we can as well. Yeah, I, I have this concept I've been playing around with uh, of doorways where uh you know it's around this sort of cognitive consistency where you know we have who we are in our in our own heads you know there's there's who pillar is in pillar's head some of which is is never going to see the light of day you know Mm -hmm. there's stuff that goes on in my head that i that is best staying up in my head but but there's also a self that comes out of my head and then comes out into into my home you know and interacts with my family and my friends and, and there's a self that goes to work. And I think it's important that, that there is a through line between all of those selves. You know, the, the idea that uh, you used to have to, you know, put on a, a, a suit or, or business clothes in order to, you know, catch a tube, in order to go into an office where, you know, it was a gray cubicle where you weren't allowed to have anything personal and all this sort of stuff like it was all separating people from, you know, who they felt they were. Like, and, and then you end up with these things like, oh, it's just business. Don't take it personally. Mm. <laughs> uh, and I think that's really damaging. I, I think it, it, how, you know, it hurts people. Uh, it, it damages people and it, and it limits their potential massively. So the more I think we can move to scenario where, you can feel like yourself, however that may play out. It doesn't mean you have to be your whole self at work, but mm. be a self that you recognize. The more we can get to that, I think the better the better it is for everyone. Great. Well, with that view, uh, the, the view of the future, which is a great, it's it's a great place to go towards. Now I'm going to come back to the the podcast. Um, So thinking about, I've got this question. So what would you like to see covered in a podcast such as 21st Century Work-Life Podcast, where actually the tag used to be where we talk about how the world of work and our attitudes to work are changing. And now we're um, looking at where, where we talk about leading remote teams, online collaboration and working in distributed organizations. What would you like to see covered in the future in a podcast such as this one, Tim? Lots of things, lots of things. I mean, first of all, I, 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 I hope if it's still uh, rewarding for you that you keep going to, to 500 episodes and 1,000 episodes. Oh, my episodes God, I can commit to 400. 
<laughs> I just wanted to throw a big number out there to freak you out. Uh, I mean, for me personally, what I found really interesting is learning about companies and people, you know, organizations in, in whatever form they come, where they're doing things that are a little different to the, to the let's say, the mainstream, but that it's working well for them. And for a long time, the remote community was that, right? We were on the fringe. We were doing something that was very different to what everybody else was doing, but it was working really well. And, and that was a really fun place to be, to think like, oh, there's this secret that I don't know why more people don't get it, but it's, it's fantastic once you know what it is. Uh, and I think there are lots of those secrets out there. A guest request came in today, which hits that button. So that's really good. Um, and uh, anything else you'd like to say to listeners and past guests uh, while we're here? Give you the floor. I've really enjoyed being a part of uh, of the community that you've created, and uh, and learning a lot through the range of people that you that you talk to, and and the conversations that you that you have with them. It. Um, Whenever I listen to your podcast, as I often do around the house, you know, uh, washing the dishes or, uh, or cooking or whatever, I, I'm often in the kitchen when I'm listening to podcasts. I always, uh, always get a smile when I hear it, when I hear it come on. And, uh, you really seem to take great enjoyment from the work that you do and from the conversations that you have with people. And, and that's a joy to, uh, to be able to, um, to listen to. Great. Well, Tim Burgess, thank you very much for stopping by the 21st Century Work-Life Podcast once again. Uh, you were, of course, the only uh, step-in co-host that we've ever had, someone who, who <laughs> stepped in. And it was such a joy also just to to be connected with you through um, through this wonderful thing called the internet and in this all this stuff that we've got now, which means that you are in Australia, I'm in London, and we can still get to have the most amazing conversations. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to hear your own thoughts about how you have changed your ways of working what you think the future is for remote work inside and outside of organizations. You can use the contact form over at virtualnotdistant.com for your comments or reach out via Twitter. You can just look for me at Pilar Orti. And if you enjoyed this conversation, you might enjoy others we're having on the 21st Century Work-Life podcast. So make sure you check out that show and subscribe. I have been Pilar Orti. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, enjoy. Enjoy.